All right. So we're going to have kind of a heavy topic today. We are going to be discussing straight up mental health for us moms. We can also say parents in general, but we're going to, you know, we're moms. So we're going to talk about our own personal experiences and why it's really important. So just hang in there for a quick little intro. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Okay, we all are here, all four of us, and some of us think that they aren't going to have much to say on this episode, and I think- Oh my gosh, gosh, let's just call her out. Brittany, Brittany thinks she's not going (laughs) to- I think, I think, I think she's, they, they are wrong. (laughs) They think they're wrong. I think they're wrong. But you know what? I am- Find out. I will, I am open to be, to be stood corrected. Tell us. Okay. All right. right, So let's, let's actually get why this is such a priority. Okay. Now, whether even if let's just say just in general, like you don't even have a child with any type of high, you know, higher or special need, um, as a parent and especially even living during this, through this pandemic, there's anything that we've learned and could learn as all from parents, parenting and like observing is that our Mm self-regulation is probably the most important thing. It is the most important thing for our kids to see us in our most self-regulated forms. Um, And I remember at the onset of all of this and kids, you know, and and, uh, I being a trustee and it being discussed about like, well, what is really important right now? And I was, yes, I, I know that educating our kids are important, but we can't educate them without them being self-regulated, right? And so and we just had uh, our dad's talk, talk autism series. And one of our dads, Tyler, specifically quoted, in order for me to be the parent I need to be, I need to take care of myself. And that's, that's basically, that's basically it. Amen. I mean, so, can I get an amen? But, yeah, I mean, but we can amen. say that as like, oh yeah, all right, episode's over. But we all know it's much more complicated than that. Much, um, <laughs> much especially more in these times. Especially in these times. Yes, it's it's really really challenging. Um, and also, when we are in a really tough season with our kiddos, mm-hmm. we again, we're on the bottom of the list to prioritize our own self-regulation at that point because we're just constantly in, in survival mode. But understanding that that, that is, is definitely has to be the top priority, you know, and whatever it is you have to do to self-regulate. Um, now, when I first started out on this journey and I was doing research, because like we all do, 
there was an article that came up and I think it came out, I feel like it came out on Forbes or the New York Times. And it was saying that parents to autistic children suffer the same levels of PTSD that um, soldiers in war and warfare do. Hmm. And that was like, well, one, that was really affirming for me because there were times where I definitely felt like I just am in a battle zone. Um, and that can look all different ways, you know, whether it is actual like physical aggression that you may be dealing with with your child or you're actually in the in the business of fighting the systems. But I didn't, I thought, <laughs> I thought I was managing myself very well. Um, but turns out I wasn't. And it turns out at certain times I am and I'm not, but it is constantly something I have to be aware of and I have to prioritize. But I think for each of us here, it looks different, but each of us do things purposely for our mental health. Each of us is constantly examining how things are impacting our mental health and where we are at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, whether we know exactly what to do about it at that time or not, the important thing is, is that we're having the conversations. Um, and so, and we want to remove the stigma from having the conversation. I think we get nervous that if we're talking about it, then it makes us seem like we're unfit mm-hmm. to parent well, our children. Weak. Mm-hmm. A- and we're weak and it's shameful mm-hmm. and that is not it at all. But, you know, since month is the, May is the month of Mother's Mother's Day. Mm. You know, if there's something that I could request <laughs> for, it's not really an object that you can give me. It's some type of respite of mm-hmm. some form for me specifically. But but anyway, mm-hmm. we we talk about this at some point daily. One of us daily is is talking about what it is that we're going through, and honestly, the things that we're going through are not just the things that we're dealing with with our children. We're also fielding the remainder of the world and life mm-hmm. that happens around us too, and with, and with those additional layers. So it's can it's so it's so easy for us. Why would it not then automatically become that we're dysregulated? So, mm-hmm. Tash, what is what is uh, managing your mental health and look like for you? Um, Yes. Uh, You ladies, you guys know that mental health has been a um, a longtime uh, battle and um, and struggle for me. Um, So with with everything that that we, you know, walk through currently in our life with with Jack's diagnosis and and the loss of of our son, Jameson. I have to, I have to be in therapy. I have to be, um, I have to be talking to somebody, you know? Um, and, and sometimes it looks like just talk therapy and, and, you know, um, uh, it was, I've done EMDR for the trauma of, of losing Jameson. Um, and, and currently I am taking Prozac. Um, and it, that is okay. You know, um, I know not everybody has the capability or the affordability to, you know, get the, you know, mental health care, you know, providers or whatever. Um, But if you have the means to do that, 
do it. If you have the means to, um, you know, go to a church and maybe get counseling through there for free, then do it. If you have the affordability to do it on a sliding scale, do it. Um, it's, it's so important. I'm, I'm, I am just that person that's going to say, I say it to my husband all the time. It's great to have family and friends that we can talk to, but it's a whole different, um, situation to be able to talk to a professional, um, somebody that has no, um, you know, way in, in our, in our life, in our situation that they're just coming at us with a, you know, professional opinion. Um, it's, it's my, it's my lifeline, you know, it's, it is what has saved me on multiple accounts. So, um, right. I, I currently right. am seeing a psychiatrist and, um, he's able to, to do talk therapy, EMDR, and then also prescribe medication for me. So. I think it's, you just highlighted something that was really important too. Like, it's not like we all didn't have life experiences prior to like mm-hmm. that we lead now. So we walk into this arena where it's now it's coloring this experience as mm-hmm. well. And it's important to know that that's why it's going to look, it's going to look different. It's not saying that every single person is going to struggle with their mental health. I think it doesn't necessarily have to be a struggle in order to prioritize it and know that no. it's going to be a must that you have to. And I think if someone had really said that to me out of the gate, mm-hmm. that you at that, like that is a box that you're going to have to check for yourself, no matter mm-hmm. what, like you're not going to be able to escape it. You're going to have to check in, mm-hmm. you know, with, with your mental hygiene. It's not, it's not uh, just a, mm, if I feel like it kind of thing, mm-hmm. like mm, I'm feeling cute today, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You you can you can be the happiest person in the world. You can, you know, you can um, always see the the cup half full. Um, but nobody goes um, unscathed from trauma. You know, whether it's huge or small, um, we've all been through trauma, uh, and nobody doesn't. You know, there's nobody out there that doesn't go through hard times. We all do. I mean, we all are still currently in a in a. <laughs> In a pandemic that has, you know, that has weighed on each of us, you know, in this entire world in a different manner, some way or another. So, um, yeah. 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 We have lived through these unprecedented times that mm-hmm. have compounded this, our situations mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and it's important to make sure you, you recognize that and don't just skim past it because it's going to catch up. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't already. Um, yeah. Especially if you feel like you're not re I know from like, if you feel like you're not rebounding right away and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, so Shannon, what about you? Well, I think one thing like I wish that people would teach or that I wish we would have been taught is that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. I think growing up, I feel like it's sort of, we expect to just be Mm -hmm. okay. We like the norm is to be happy and the norm is to like roll with the punches and press on through and just keep swimming. And, you know, like all of these. I think especially our generation, right? Like because of our Mm -hmm. age, our parents are and the way that they were taught, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think I wish that that was kind of talked about a little bit more that 
you know, you're going to be in seasons of your life where you're not okay. And it doesn't mean that you have failed. It doesn't mean that there is something wrong with you. I think 2022 has probably been my hardest year that I have had probably ever, like if I'm quite honest. Um, and we're only <laughs> we're only like four months in. So <laughs> hopefully it picks up on the on the back end. Um, but like 2022 has been a struggle, you guys. And but I am also a firm believer in, and this may not be popular opinion, but I'm not here to be besties. Um, I'm here to be honest. So I am I am of the opinion that um, it is okay not to be okay. And depression is a real thing. Like, I would never say that depression is a choice or something that doesn't exist. But I do believe that each and every one of us um, have the ability to take small steps every day to help the situation that we are in. So I do think that there becomes a point where we are choosing to sit and wallow in the situation that we are in. Um, And I am just speaking personal experience, even just this year. So... Um, I think that, you know, taking the choice, you know, taking the opportunity to make the decision that today I'm going to take one tiny step forward. Like what is one tiny thing that I can do that it's not going to cure what I'm feeling today. Like it's not going to be the magic, you know, magic pill for lack of better words. Um, that's just going to flip everything, you know, in a 180 and all of a sudden I'm happy again. Um, but what are these like little tiny things I can do every single day that are eventually going to compound and that are going to make a difference? Um, and for me, I have been on anxiety medication before. I think there should be zero stigma around, you know, anxiety or depression medication. I don't feel like you should feel ashamed if there is something. Raise your hand if you're on medication. I know. Well, currently, no. But yes, sometimes. Okay, two out of four, two and a half stars. Um, Right. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't think that that's anything to be, to be, you know, feel Mm -hmm. ashamed of in any way, shape or form. Um, but when it comes to my mental health and it's like, I hate, like Tosh and I always talk about working out, right? Like working out, blah, blah, blah. You guys, every, all the listeners are like, shut up about working out. God, (laughs) get over it. We already know. But, but there is scientific, scientific data and facts all around body mm-hmm. physiology and the way that you move your body and what it does to your mental mm-hmm. health. So, you know, I don't I don't care what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if you're riding a bike or you're going on mm-hmm. a walk or you're doing burpees or you're paying way too much at some crazy Pilates gym down the street. Like, I don't care what you're doing. Do right. Um, but there are there is scientific mm-hmm. evidence of moving your body and real vitamin mm-hmm. D getting out. I'm not talking about the drops that you put in your water because I do that too, but I'm talking about getting outdoors Mm -hmm. and being in the sunlight and smelling fresh Mm -hmm. air and putting your toes in the grass. Like, look up all of the scientific data, you know, that that comes with all of those things because let's address the elephant Mm -hmm. in the room. And that is America is broken when it comes to Mm -hmm. mental health. And too many people one cannot afford mental health because the majority of these, you know, doctors are cash pay only. A lot of them will not go through insurance. Um, not everybody has the insurance benefits to be able to cover mm-hmm. it. Or I know multiple people who right now are trying to find online therapists right. and can't because nobody right. has room. Right. So right. 
you know, I know that there are listeners out there listening to us right now as we talk about therapy and are giggling and they're like, yeah, sure, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, get me in one. Find me one that I can yeah, get in. We know. Right? We know because um, I can't find yeah, a it, talk therapist right now <laughs> for that for those reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's things that that you can take responsibility mm-hmm. for. You can move your body for 20 minutes a day. You can change up the foods that you're eating that are proven to cause inflammation that are not helping you in the way that you feel in any way, shape, or form. There are small things that you can do every day. You can stop drinking day. the alcohol. That's um, probably making it worse. Stop. I, You guys, like, literally, stop okay, calling I'm not me a, out. I'm, t- I'm sorry. Right? No. <laughs> She's like, I'm talking to shit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a big drinker, and I've, I've never really been a big drinker, but I had to literally, like, 2022, you guys, has been, I lost someone incredibly important to me in 2022, and it's been sort of stacked with, like, a lot of other things that have happened this year, and I got two bottles of wine for my birthday in February, and they have been sitting on my counter, and Jay was like, you haven't opened your wine yet, and I'm like, honey, if I open a bottle of wine, I'm not going to stop drinking Mm -hmm. it. Like, it's going to be a thing, and it's going to snowball, and I'm going to have a bottle tonight, and I'm going to have a Mm. bottle tomorrow, and I'm going to have a bottle the next day. And it's because this season Mm -hmm. is hard. And so it's kind of, it's like knowing myself, right? And so maybe I opt for a sparkling water. I mean, I drank kombucha in a friggin' wine glass the other night because I'm like, (laughs) treat yourself, Shannon, right? I need to feel fancy. But it was... Right. But it was it was a conscience. It was a it was a conscious decision because I knew if I had the wine, I would have finished the bottle. Most likely I would have felt like crap the next day. I would have been sluggish. I would have been tired and I would have been much more likely to bust into that wine again the next night. So it was a conscious decision in that moment. Like. I want to have a little treat. I want to feel like I'm drinking some wine, but like this is going to make me feel better tomorrow. Whereas if I drink the wine, I'm, and I, I could care less if you guys drink wine, like drink wine, treat yourself. I don't care. But if you're struggling, understand that the choices that you make every single day are impacting Mm -hmm. the way that you're feeling every single day. Yeah. 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 Uh, Amen. Yeah. I did see, I will say that I was watching, um, like a self-help video the other day and the, uh, it was a guy that drew a diagram of habits, right? And it was saying that there's going to be a time period where it's going to be hard and painful, right? So if you abandon doing the good habit and you throw in the towel early enough, and that's the, that, that starts to scale up this way. And so the, uh, the ability to do the good habit starts to scale down. What happens is after you get through that short period of time where you could have maybe mastered the habit, the gap between mm-hmm. the divergence from getting, you know, getting back to establishing a, a better habit is even harder. So mm-hmm. I liked that diagram. If I can remember, we can, we could, um, I screenshot we'll it. it. Yeah. Is I yeah. think it's, I th- thought it was good. I've never seen that diagram before. It totally made sense to me. It was simple and, and obvious and, and made sense. And I've kind of always said that. It's like, you know, you can put a Band-Aid on something, but it's not going to mm-hmm. help in the long term. You need to make small decisions now that are going to help you in, in the long term, not just 
in the short term period because it's convenient. So, um, that's the difference between me and my husband. Um, Brittany, what about, what about you? Come on, girl. (laughs) No, um, I, I agree with everything that you guys have said so far and, um, try to do those things for myself. Um, I, yeah, I feel like it's just like everything in life, right? We go through phases where we're really, really good at something or we, we are really focusing on one area, whether that's mental health or your physical health or whatever it is, or, you know, family time or whatever. And, and we're really, really good at that for a while. And, and then you, something else kind of falls off the bandwagon as you're focusing on this area. And it's, you're never going to do all of those things perfectly. Right. Um, but there are times in the seasons where you do need to focus more on your own personal mental health and where you are, especially if, you know, I mean, not especially, but if you're being bombarded with outside, challenges like Shannon was talking about 2022 is just really kind of come out swinging at her and her family. Um, it forces you to really focus on what you can do to find, I mean, I'm not even talking about blissful joy, just, but just to be, to be regulated, to be happy, to be content with your life, to not be in a dark place. Sometimes you really have to just to to battle back, right. Or to, Mm -hmm. to fight back using all of these different tools. And I love how Tosh really talked about, um, the diversity of different things that Mm -hmm. she does. Um, because there's phases where one of those is maybe going to be more appropriate than others, but, but not putting all those, you know, mental health eggs in one basket, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to have multiple, uh, avenues and, and ways to, uh, D- different strategies to help you. Um, so I've I've done talk therapy before. I'm not currently doing talk therapy for some of the reasons that we've talked about right now. It's just a hard time to try to do that, uh, to find the availability and uh, time and people and all that. But um, I have done it before. I have found it very helpful. Um, I kind of, I, I'll admit, I use you guys as talk therapy. I think we all do a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get on our little chat and we'll lay it all out there. And yeah, we're, we're not just talking about autism and kids all right. the time. Sometimes we talk about mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. and, um, and just getting a, another person's perspective, um, can be extremely helpful and someone you trust, um, and, and hearing, you know, like I'll, I'll come to these girls with something I'm struggling with, uh, whatever it is. And, you know, Tosh will have something and then Shannon will say something and then Jean will bounce off something Tosh said. And, and it becomes a really healthy, positive discussion that, um, that we can all learn from. And I've just, I don't know, I've learned so much from each of you that way. Um, I know I, I have other friends who I live physically nearby who I can do the same thing with. Um, and then, uh, I, I, I feel very comfortable discussing my mental health and my struggles with my spouse. Um, we have a really great relationship and, um, he's my best friend. So I feel comfortable, you know, 
talking about some of those things with him, especially as it pertains to, you know, parenting struggles with autism and and other, uh, you know, special needs that we have in our house. So that is an avenue I use. Um, I talk to my parents. I, um, I, (laughs) this is a personality thing for me, but I really uh, like to lose myself in my work. Uh, That is very helpful and um, Mm -hmm. healthy for me mentally uh, to take a break that way. I, I I can watch a TV show and I can, you know, (laughs) I watch TV shows like Shannon drinks wine. (laughs) Like I'll I'll binge the whole thing sometimes. So sometimes that's not the best option and I'll go for more. Like I, I really do. uh, I'll lose myself in my job, um, in creating things and, and filling customer orders and, um, and I can take that to an extreme too. Like there's balance to all of these things, right? We have to like, you can't, you can't go too far. And I do, I do take it too far sometimes and become a workaholic, but I, there's a certain level with my, um, job where I can, because I have to concentrate so hard and I'm creating something that's very detail oriented and it's with my hands and my eyes and my, you know, all of my body is physically focused on this thing in front of me. I can block out everything else and it gives me that break that I, I crave and I need. And it's, it's very therapeutic in some ways for me. That's why I started doing it. Um, I started my, my sugar cookie creating business was to have a mental break from being, being the mama all the time. So, um, and it's been, it's been wonderful and I continue people ask if I get sick of it and yeah, I do. I I get tired of it, but, but I, I can't stop. I can't stop. Won't stop because it, it is such a, um, a release or a, a way to take my mind off of all those other hard things in your life. Right. So, because yeah. like in our episode with Doug, you don't get to step out of the house. Doug is Brittany's husband. Right. You don't get to step out of the house and just like completely cut off what is happening in the house. Right. So you had to find, right. I don't work out. You had to home. find something right for yourself. And so like for me in the beginning, like I was had relaunched the catering company I was doing, but I also uh, learned to master pasta because just chopping garlic wasn't enough. I think maybe if I had more of a drive to do uh, pastry, that would allow me to prioritize and control it a little bit more. Whereas with, I'm more of a savory cooker in general, yeah. A lot of those things require full engagement the whole entire time and full monitoring and also maybe sometimes multiple things happening simultaneously at once. So um, I, I, it wasn't, it ended up not being conducive for where we were and being, I had, you know, two under five, like, and one still, you know, breastfeeding, it just was, it was just too much. It's something that I will definitely revisit. It's still something that I do. I was at least doing it on a weekly basis. Um, I did find it relieving. I used to be like, oh, these Italian women were onto something. Like they were just like, their arms are strong. They're working out their stress, like needing that dough, even though you could easily use a machine. Um, so you did start to, say where you like you falter right and I they were very relatable things and so like 
we talked about, or I mentioned that, you know, a lot of things that happened to us in our lives colored our experiences or still color the experiences of the lives we live right now, mm-hmm. navigating these waters with our children and our families. Um, mm-hmm. So when I, you know, I had a very, I didn't have a horrible childhood, but I had a pretty, there was times I, I went, had suffered physical abuse from my father and, you know, verbal abuse from stepfather. And um, then, you know, sexual assaults into young adulthood and then my sister struggling with substance abuse and then overdosing and dying when she was 24. I, I've always been very driven and I was part of my coping skills when I was an adolescent was to maintain being busy, like overly busy. I basically even almost worked full time while I was, um, in high school in addition to my extracurriculars, in addition to, you know, keeping up with my, my studies, um, I did everything to distract myself from things that may be going on in my home or interpersonally. And that carried into my young adulthood. Um, and there were ways that were definitely healthy and obviously had healthy benefits, but it also had an unhealthy side. Um, because after my sister died, while I was taking care of my nieces, I was so pouring into them I then, and pouring into what I needed to do in my life to carry things on. I was like a workaholic, like insane workaholic. And I felt like because my body could do it, I almost felt invincible. Um, I didn't realize the wear and tear that was happening to my body. Um, at the same time, I was, I was, we were seeing, we were, we were in family counseling, individual counseling. The girls <laughs> had forms of counseling when they would be welcoming to participate. One was better than the other. Um, and then I did acupuncture for eight years, which was like my saving grace. Um, so that was majority of like my twenties into my early thirties, but I was still workaholic. I still, I would say I was, I had problems with regulation then because I just over busied myself. I would say yes to everything almost again, just bad boundaries and overachieving. And I wanted to be able to do it all and have it all. And, um, yeah, I can very much relate to everything you're saying. I have, this is one of my foibles and something that I need to work on and it does affect my mental mm-hmm. health. Um, any, anything that's too much of a good thing becomes mm-hmm. a bad thing, right? Anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have to be very careful with that. And my worth this this is this is Brittany's problem. <laughs> my worth <laughs> is based in in my head. My worth is based on my productivity. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not just a Brittany that's, problem. That's not okay. It's that's, not. That's our society. Problem. Society. That's mm-hmm. our. That's our ableism problem that we mm-hmm. have. Is that? Yeah. I really. I really like that. I like my worth being wrapped up in my productivity. It makes me. It's. It's a comfortable place for it's me. It's so funny when right after I had Rory and McKenna, and we were living when we had first moved to Austin, and I was talking to a mom. It was something she brought up constantly. She was like, "If I feel like I'm being productive, it gives me self worth and value, and I feel like I'm doing something." And but I also felt like she was doing it in healthy ways, but it was almost, there was an overdrive. Um, yeah. I do get into that overdrive. Um, 
I learned that our enograms have, we all presidingly have a deadly sin or like one deadly sin that's more prominent that we're predisposed to. And eights are lust. And it's not just, it's not sexually driven. Mm -hmm. It's lust in like overindulgence Mm -hmm. and like overdoing things. And I was like, wow, that's really enlightening because where I, I do, I do know. And I usually can say there's a shelf life usually to my overindulgence. So like, it's not like something that's so pervasive that I do it like that for longer periods of times, but it does happen for a substantial amount of time. Um, and then I, but I know how to get myself out of it. Um, so with COVID, I definitely would say, you know, drinking at home was more, but drinking at home for me was also common once I was a stay at home mom, cause I wasn't going out. And then obviously with, we weren't going anywhere. Whereas I, we were, I was highly networked and very social. I was in the hospitality business. So if I was drinking at an event or drinking wherever, I was drinking less at home because I had drank elsewhere, right? So anyway, then this past summer, I finally, for my anxiety, I was for for about like six years, I was using the same dose of um, Xanax and... I finally had just like tapered it off and like felt like I didn't need it anymore. Um, but clearly that was a little presumptuous, um, because I ended up walking into a new season of my life and which was really not totally foreseen. Um, but I think I was trying to manage not needing it. And, um, after even talking to my psychiatrist, she was saying, well, cause I said, you know, my drinking has increased since I cut out Xanax. And she said, well, you know that that hits the same dopamine center in the brain. Alcohol hits the same dopamine. So you've just basically are replacing it is what you're Mm -hmm. doing, but it also can be more dangerous. So anyway, this is one thing that we're trying to manage. So it's not uncommon. Like, I guess here's the moral of the story is that (laughs) we we sensationalize everything, you know, and a lot of things have buzzwords and Mm -hmm. trends and all that stuff. But really get in, don't take the levels of discernment and really ask the questions and be help, honest with your healthcare providers when they ask you the question, like, how many drinks today are you having? And or are you having, are you indulging in any certain substances or what, like, don't, because at the end of the day, it is your privacy. And if you don't feel safe talking to that healthcare provider, what really service are they going to able to provide you? You know, like, what is it Mm -hmm. that they're really going to help transform or help you with or aid you with? Like, what's, what's the point? Like you're wasting time and money. And obviously if I'm paying, you know, out of pocket and it's not, it's not in our network, like you, you have to take it seriously, but I think it gets a bad rap. Like right now there's a trend, you know, I think it started like maybe a decade ago where it just, this is like mommy wine time. Whereas Mm -hmm. I remember in the nineties, it was like, Moms were made fun of for like being lushes and all that kind of stuff. But now it's like almost like the pendulum. We use it. The pendulum mm-hmm. went too far without too far. really recognizing it. But again, like I was somebody before my sister died, I was in the middle of like 
starting to get my sommelier certification. I wanted to be a master sommelier. I wanted to travel the world and like wine was a very big part of my life. And I was like, thought I was going to raise my kid like very European (laughs) and like teach them how to respect wine. And I still have that in me. It's not that I don't, but I'm a lot less judging because here's the thing with the level of rigor in our lives and demands that we have. So what I'm getting at is that we do find ways to shortcut things and sometimes shortcutting things can help us. Like, yes, if it brings ease to your life, absolutely. But be careful with the shortcuts that you take is basically the warning signal that I'm sending here is that Mm -hmm. we, we do that because we're like, well, this is the only time that we have, or this is the only thing we can do, or this is what's accessible to us. Mm -hmm. And we're, and we're looking for those things. And it is something that is so easily accessible. It's, it's, um, that's, this is so interesting because this is why just to bring it back around again, why it's so important to have those diversifying, uh, mental health checks and, and people, people in your lives or things in your lives, because if, you know, having a group like this or having a spouse or having a, a, a therapist, a talk therapist or whoever, all these or your your doctor or whoever, having all these people, it, it, it creates a checks and yeah. balances yep. for you. Right. And it helps you if when we do overindulge in whatever it is, um, whatever practice mm-hmm. or job or wine or whatever food, you know, they're going to maybe be able to maybe see some of those things faster than mm-hmm. you would, um, you know, where whether it's intentional or not, we all have blind spots mm-hmm. and things that we need to improve on that, that others around us can maybe in a, in a loving, positive way can help us maybe find that, fi- find those parts where we're, <laughs> we're struggling sooner mm-hmm. than we can. Well, so, anyway, and, and I just, yeah. w- when you were talking about that earlier, Brittany, I was going to say, um, you know, your, your circle also has to be somebody who's going to have the real talk with you, you know, not somebody who's just going to be there to, yeah. you know, support yeah. your cause of whatever it is that you're doing, you know, somebody who's going to be able to be honest and say, Hey, I love you. And, and this is coming from my heart. I'm, I'm concerned. Um, you know, as somebody who has had a life of, um, again, mental health, which, you know, rolled into addiction issues and, um, struggling pretty bad with, with, with drugs and alcohol, it is a slippery slope. And I am not the person sitting over here saying that I know everything about all of that, but, um, much like Jean was saying, when, when, when we're in these moments, it's, it's, what's easily accessible to us and, and alcohol and those quick fixes, food, um, sometimes over-exercising. I mean, I, I was struggling to get pregnant with the boys. And so I went hardcore into, you know, obsessive exercise and it was sent my body into adrenal fatigue. Um, so whatever it might be, we, we have to have, we have to be aware that that is always a possibility and we have to have those people around us that will, that will be honest with us and that will check in and say, I'm concerned. I'm con- I love you and I'm, and I'm here for you. What can I do to help you? Let's, let's talk through this. Mm-hmm. Let's work through this. Um, 
so it's important. so important. Yeah. It's so important. And right. and like all of us are saying, there's so many different um, avenues of, of caring for your mental health. It just, it doesn't just have to be, you know, seeing a therapist or being on medication or, you know, exercising or having, you know, good self-care routines, whatever it, it's, it needs to be, you know, an array of, of, of things. Um, but the biggest thing is being able to be aware of that, being able to be that we aware that we are, that you are struggling. Um, yeah. Your teams are one of them. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily your educational teams, mm-hmm. you may not want to be having those conversations, but you can nod to say, Hey, you know, it's becoming, a, it's becoming a real high level of stress for mm-hmm. us in our home. It's impacting our family dynamic and bringing that to their attention. But where you're, where you're, private teams, like for your child, I know that I've established those relationships that I can have those conversations with them. One, especially if they're in our home, mm-hmm. like they're there to help our child, but it's like, it's to help us help our child right. too. Um, and, and how, whatever our dynamic is or whatever it is that we're struggling with is going to, to have implications and affect as we talked, it's going to affect our, our children. It's going to affect the way that we're able to implement certain things in our home or what our, maybe what our capacity is at that certain time. So it's really important to foster, try to foster those relationships with your child's private team so they can really support you in the proper way. And I, Mm -hmm. I can tell you, it has made a world of difference for my family and for myself as the mom, as the one stewarding this ship, you know, being the CEO making all of the decisions, guiding the treatment plans, educational plan, um, the scheduling, um, any reevaluating targets, like doctors, all that stuff, you know, you have to don't be scared to tell that because a lot of times they may not be thinking about that. Their lens is so focused on their kid, but mm-hmm. like, really, we know that what's going on with, uh, it affects the whole family. It's a family thing. It's, it goes back to, even though I don't agree with the, all of everything inside of the family systems theory, but the family family systems, it, it's a thing. So you, you, you do need to be, to be aware of that. And it also can go beyond, it can be the extended family um, that is, that could be impacting things or is, or is impacted in some way. Um, well, I mean, just being a first responder wife, you know, that, that is, that mm-hmm. in it, and it's not in a. There's great, you know, impacts that it has, but there's a lot of hard to it. You know that that right. mentally um, takes a toll on at, at each individual. Our children, my husband, myself. I mean, Shannon can vouch for this. You know, um, that alone, whether we're a neurodivergent family or a neurotypical family. You know, um, just mm-hmm. being- I do see with the two of you mo- more so. Well, I saw it because I could, I used to see it in myself. I used to do it right too. Like, but I see you guys feeling so much more compelled to have everything buttoned up because you are definitely shouldering the load for, for <laughs> longer frequencies tight. of time, yeah. longer durations of time. And, um, you know, you feel like you got to like have it all together. So that way, if like something happens, you're just, mm-hmm. you can still, you can sweep it up and keep mm-hmm. things going. And I, it's mm-hmm. so relatable because I, especially with the girls, I was definitely like that, that mentality. And now I'm also just, 
I don't know, I'm also being honest with myself about where I'm at right now and also like wherever my where my husband is. And I will say, like, I'm in a situation and Brad is open about this too. You know, he struggles with his mental health. Mm-hmm. And your spouse and your partner, if, if your partner is struggling with their mental health, that is also going to have impacts on you. So also don't, that's not something, you know, to, to act like, well, I'm not, I'm fine, but, mm-hmm. but you're not really because you're, because your spouse is not, that means you still are taking up, you're doing more things. You're having to show up more, be, be more of this and more of that. And, um, those are things to evaluate. So, yeah. you know, like it's that, that, you know, that's something that I will throw in there too, Gene, is that um, Tyler and I, and Tyler will tell this to the world. We are the biggest advocates for, <laughs> um, you know, marriage counseling for therapy, for our, our relationship. It has been a, um, it has been the foundation to keep us going through every hard thing that we've been through. Um, and we've been through a lot and it has, again, it's the best, you know, for us, $25 that we spend every two weeks when we're doing it or, you know, once a month, um, because it just, it helps us to better communicate as a, as a couple and as parents, you know, to our kiddos and uh, to an autistic child. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's imperative for us. Mm -hmm. Brad and I used to say that, you know, we went, we did a lot of family and marriage counseling, you know, during that block of having the girls and Ring Taylor. And, um, you know, we'd say we would recommend it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't, it's, it's a really healthy thing to have. The issue that came when we moved to Texas is that there were a lot, there was a deficit of therapists available. And this was before COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Like before you know, we were even having a really increased spike in uh, mental in the mental health field, uh, having that need. Um, it's like that's hurt us. I feel like if we were still back east, I feel like we would still have more amenable resources here. It is a it is a little bit more. It's less. It's harder. Mm-hmm. Um, finding things for my kids has been a lot easier than it is for as for an adult um, uh, with that need, which is a really scary thing considering what we're all coming out of or is still currently in as a society and in, in the in pandemic. So, um, but I, I wanted to also, you know, I think like a lot of people come to us thinking like we have all the answers or mm-hmm. like we're some level of expert, right? But what it is, is that, is that we're also flawed. We're still on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're willing to be vulnerable about those things that we're experiencing uh, and our struggles with it, because that's the only way that we're going to actually even normalize this and actually even say to the rest of the world that it's like, hey, it's not, we're not trying to take more from anyone. We, we just equitably need more mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, be more in in our lives and in the world and in society, which is completely feasible and possible. We just have to understand there is more needs for us um, and, and supporting us. So, you know, maybe it's like the week before Mother's Day, you're like thinking about those things, like really, what do you want your family to do for you? Or really, how do you, we go like, what do you want to do for Mother's Day? Like really think about what it is that you need, that you may be depriving yourself, or you're telling yourself that you don't deserve, 
or, you know, if there's one little habit that you could take, you know, one little step to implement something where you are starting to shift and make a difference for yourself Mm -hmm. as a mom, like make this then be like, I'm going to do this for me because this is going to allow me to be a better parent to my child. And I think about like how I want my kids. What, what is, how do I want my daughter to be as a mom? You know, what, what do I want her? Do I want, I want, you know, she's going to make mistakes too, but I also, I want her to know, learn how to solve them on, mm-hmm. on their own. We need to model that we're not, we're not supposed to be, we're not going to be perfect. Uh, we read a book last night that was so cute and it was called homemade love. And it was actually kind of about this topic, uh, about the kind of parenting of just saying like, we're all going to make mistakes and it's a safe place to make mistakes and mm-hmm. acknowledge them. And it's important for us as parents to acknowledge to our children and also let our children acknowledge that they made a mistake and you know what, you still are loved and we're mm-hmm. going to do better somehow. Um, mm-hmm. The next day or in the future. And it's important to have those spaces. So mm-hmm. does anyone else have any, like what you would think are like really big words of wisdom before we wrap up that part and then go into our last closing segment for the peak of the week before the peak of the week. I, <laughs> I have mm-hmm. one thing. I have one thing that I want to say, and I've said it before, but I want to just reiterate it. And I think that sometimes it gets very, very easy to get frustrated with the people in our lives and assume that they know what mm-hmm. we need and that we need help. And I have found that happen before where I'll be downstairs cooking dinner and Gracie's running amok and I'm going to like my brain's going to explode out of the top of my head. And I'm like, where is mm-hmm. Jay? Why is he not help? Because he doesn't mm-hmm. know. Like, if I would walk up the stairs and say, Jay, can you come and get Gracie for me? I just need to wrap up dinner. He 100% mm-hmm. would. But, or do I just sit down there for the last 15 minutes stewing mm-hmm. in it? Resenting. Like, throwing dinner on plates, <laughs> resenting him for it, right? So I think, you know, part of self-care for mm-hmm. you has to be the willingness to be self-aware yeah. and speak advocate for yourself. You need help and not just, mm-hmm. if, yeah, not just expecting people mm-hmm. to know that you're struggling. This is why everybody needs because to know their Enneagram we're... number because it will help us all be better <laughs> communicators. <laughs> and I'm a two, so I don't, I don't like to ask for help. I want to take Yo, care of Oh, geez. Don't we know? Um, so I, Tyler. so I say that because like that, that is, yeah, one of my weaknesses is that. So you just can't expect everyone mm-hmm. to know. I like that, Shannon. That's that's yeah. great advice. Awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Peak of the week. Uh, 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 peak of the week. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> mm. peak We're just going to do a week. different song every time until we find one we love. Yeah. So so that was so perfect. Sit gosh. with us for why we work through this, y'all. Can anyone boombox? No, that's yeah. why I was just trying that's to figure I, out how to. Like, I was thinking yeah. of that. Yeah. I was thinking of that. Why before I can't. we got on recording today, I was like, "Can anyone do like Bismarcky? Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you think?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. That's awesome. I love it, Brittany. Yeah. Oh, am I going mm-hmm. first? Okay. Um. So. I came home from dropping off children at one location and I had my oldest and my youngest home by themselves. And not only were had they built a 
Mario Kart track out of cardboard <laughs> for Ruby to play with because she's obsessed with Mario Kart right now. She doesn't play Mario Kart. She just watches kids on YouTube playing Mario Kart, just to be clear. Um, but she loves it. And then uh, he, they had built a Mario Kart track out of some Amazon boxes in the garage. Uh, but then I walked in and they were dancing around the kitchen together <laughs> to music and having a grand old time. So my oldest took it upon himself not only to just babysit and keep her alive for me while I was gone, but enriched her life and, and created some wonderful little memories for the two of them. So that was wonderful for my little mama heart to see as I walked in the door yesterday. And, and memories I loved for you. It. Because you'll yeah, never and a memory forget for that. Me. Yeah, you'll loved never it. forget mm-hmm. that. She's like, look, mom, I'm dancing. Aww. She's rocking out with Scott there. It was, it was great. Aww, that's mm-hmm. so precious considering mm-hmm. Scott's graduating this year too. Like, yeah, I don't oh, say geez. that. I don't want to talk we're about still, it. We're on the peak. We're on the peak. We're on the peak. <laughs> Only it's the peaks. Trigger. It's a trigger. <laughs> Only on the peak. Abort. Abort. It's going to be really, really, <laughs> it's going to be a whirlwind this summer, you guys. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. <laughs> Shani Shan, what is your peak? What is your peak? My peak is that Jay is going on a field trip with Gracie next Wednesday, and I don't have to go. <laughs> well, well, you That's don't have peak. to go, and yeah. she still she still gets to go. Gets to yes, go. so she yeah. gets to experience something. Yeah. yeah, yes. And let's put this in like I have no problem going on a field trip, but this would have been the third in three weeks, and I'm She's tapping out. out. I'm tapping out. Yeah, so daddy is going to go, and they're going to have a great, like, bonding time, and I'm stoked about it. Oh, daddy. That's great. Tashi. Yes. Um, So I was doing uh, uh, some solo parenting this week for a couple days in a row. Surprise, surprise. Um, But the the great moment out of that is that we currently have Jack in a little wrestling program, Um, and this was the first time that I got to go. you know, take him to wrestling practice and watch him in person. Um, and it was just so incredible to, um, just to, just to see him, you know, in a room full of primarily neuro, you know, typical kids, um, middle schooler all the way down to, um, elementary kindergartners, um, and just see him thriving, you know, and see the older kids working with him and being patient, um, seeing the kids that are around his age, um, just have a good time and, and, and wrestle with him and just kind of see him in his kind of in his glory, you know, just, just being Jack and just having a good time and, and not a care in the world. So. It was pretty, pretty awesome. awesome. All that unitard All, glory. Um, not, not, no, 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 <laughs> unitard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh well, my gosh. That's, Tyler used is to wear that, that Is that unitard. what they're called? I know. Is that what, sing, oh, singlet. There we go. A singlet. 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 Yeah. I prefer yeah, unitard. I think they are called. You call it whatever you want, but I'm, it is you, I was going to call it, it a, a, a leotard. Is it a? <laughs> no, leotard's no, I gymnastics. Know, but it's probably the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay my jay i i called his flight suit i called his flight suit a, a romper and a man romper like, this romper is not him. a romper <laughs> yeah, that's what he should have said he's like it's not a romper it's a romp him that's what i've been romp <laughs> him uh, i get it now that that's, took what, my that's, that's hey, what my gaze been would say gene get, get on get on my level 
All right. My cut, my peak of the week was I had one of my friends that I grew up with uh, traveling across the U.S. Um, in an RV with her Instagram famous dog and husband. Well, her husband's not Instagram famous, but the dog is. <laughs> and um, sorry, John. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And um, they stayed with us. And it was like, I don't know. It was it there it was just so natural it was so fun like it was i belly laughed like mm-hmm. i actually had <laughs> you know beyond just enjoying their company i like i didn't feel overly compelled to like constantly be cleaning and picking up and doing chores and doing things i finally i just was like they're here i'm just going to like soak it up and be present. And in addition to that, because I also found like that, that used to impact Rory's energy is that if I have, if we have guests in the house, like that's new energy. And then I'm like moving around more, like that gets him really upset and dysregulated. But he was like, so chill. He loved them. He would I'd pick him up from school. He'd like, where's Katie and John? Um, he was obsessed with the RV, like those little things, which was now like giving us like, okay, well, maybe we now have to like mm-hmm. really set that goal of like getting an RV. Um, and then we like got to finish off like their kind of visit with us, like had going out to eat all together, which it's hard to go mm-hmm. find a public place mm-hmm. where Rory's not going to feel he doesn't like to be a lot around a lot of people that he doesn't know. Um, so finding place that could be secluded enough ideally outdoors because the dog is with them um as well (laughs) and it was so fun like it was like i have a little dog hostel like i had like the dog it was just all of my favorite things you know having them here so that was sweet sweet it was a sweet little like hey we're just driving through texas we're gonna Mm -hmm. stop and see you and they didn't want to feel like they were in positioning as you're not Mm -hmm. please Come mm-hmm. hang out with us. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and can we also talk about how cathartic yeah. belly laughs yes. with favorite people yes. are? If we're yeah. talking about se- if we're talking about self help, oh self help, and laughing. taking care oh, of yourself. My favorite thing. When is our next vacation with the four of us? Laughing is my favorite mm. thing. <sighs> Got to make yeah. it. Those happen. are good peaks. We'll figure Laughing's it out. My favorite. Great peaks. Those are great. Send us your peaks, yeah. guys. Yes, please do. Yes, yeah. yes. Send us our peaks. Nothing like talking about how we feel like ashamed and failing and miserable (laughs) their mental health and finishing (laughs) it off with like bright spots. It's really good. That's also very healthy. So thanks for listening. As usual, we are not medical professionals, even though we covered and talked about a lot of the medical things in this episode, Mm -hmm. potentially remember we're not experts. Um, We just just our own, own experiences, our own experiences to leverage your Feel lift your feeling of isolation and empower you mm-hmm. uh, as families. Like we try to empower ourselves and each other. So, um, like, follow, love subscribe, mm-hmm. and love us because we love you. Mm-hmm. And amen, um, amen. And we'll talk get an amen. amen, 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 amen. <laughs> Bye.